Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. There. Welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Alana here with Jamie, and we are so glad you joined us. We're having a talk today about prayer, about politics, and I'm really excited to dive into this. As most of you, if you've been with our show for a while, you kind of know that we're not really um, like super heavy-handed in our opinions are in the opinions that we do have that are heavy handed. We don't really air those out frequently. So we just hope to bring a kind of reasonable approach to praying through politics and have a good discussion about that. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, me too. Um, I guess this will be airing probably in a couple of weeks after election day, but it just seemed kind of, it's been, it's been on our list for a long time mm -hmm. of things to talk through. We, we definitely have touched on it in other episodes and it just seems like an appropriate time to kind of get it out there and talk about. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's pray. God, we just thank you for this day. Thank you so much for just giving us, um, giving us the gift of our government, of the freedom for those of us that are in countries where we can vote. Thank you that we have the, um, the privilege and the, um, the gift of being able to vote and have a say in how our government works. And for everyone, um, no matter what, thank you, God, that you are King of Kings, you're Lord of Lords, that you are over all rulers of all nations, and that ultimate justice comes from you and that we can trust you and that even if we see ugly things going on around us god that you are faithful and you are at work and that you are ultimately always in control and you have the last say so we give you thanks for that and glory for that we just pray you'd guide our discussion help us to have just a a good discussion about prayer and politics and and what your desire is for us as prayer warriors in the realm of politics amen Amen. Our verse of the day is 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 3. First of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be offered for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, so that we may lead tranquil and quiet lives in all godliness and dignity. This is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. And our just for fun is if you could create a national holiday, what would it be? Right now, it would be National Unplug Day because mm, I, am, I like that. I am up to here. If you can see me on the video, my, my <laughs> hand is above my head. I am overfilled with just, um, particularly in the realm of our kids, the struggle 
mm-hmm. against technology. Technology is so good and it's such a blessing in so many ways. Um, but our kids have just gotten like we it, it's just that I feel like technology has gotten its talons into our kids in mm-hmm. some ways. And it's just gotten out of hand because of the need for more boundaries. So we're kind of in our family in a reassessing period of what are the boundaries? What do they look like? This has just gotten out of hand kind of thing. Because, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, so maybe National Unplug Day. And I realized that it doesn't have to be a national holiday that we could do that in our family. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> what fun you? is that? Right. <laughs> I've always loved the idea of like a um, a national read a picture book out loud to somebody day, Ooh, <laughs> you know, because I, like that. I loved reading to the kids when they were little. And I thought there were so many like beautiful and creative and funny and artistic picture books. But then like, once your kids move beyond that age, like I haven't picked any of them up in 10 years and I love them. I miss them. And so it would be like, especially for adults, you know what I mean? So it's like, instead of buying your husband or your wife chocolates for Valentine's, it's like you buy them a, a kid's book that, that you loved and you read it together, or you go and you volunteer to read to senior citizens at a nursing home or, or something. There's just, there's something so beautiful about reading a book out loud to somebody else. And a lot of people don't want to go through the hassle of reading an entire like adult length novel to somebody. So grab a picture book. I love that. I have never, ever heard anything like that before, but I love that. That's great. Now I know what to get you for Christmas. That's right. <laughs> a picture book. A picture book. That is so I, cool. I gave my um my best friend from high school, when we graduated, I gave her a frog and toad book because Aww. like, I just, it, it's all about friendship. And it, it was, it was kind of like, here, this represents us. So Aww. how about, let's see, if I were to get you a picture book, the picture book I would get you. There's a really cute frog and toad story. Frog and toad is one of my favorites. Um, do you know the one where toads trying to make a list of things to do? No. Okay. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna break every copyright law in the book, and I'm just gonna read you the whole story on the podcast, and then that'll be our episode today. There <laughs> no, we go. Really. <laughs> but it's super cute. So, um, Toad has a ton of things that he wants to do today. So he makes a whole list of all the things he wants to do. And Frog being his best friend says, okay, let's do these things together. And then the list blows away. And so they're going to go <laughs> chase the list. But Toad's like, I can't chase the list because chasing the list wasn't on my to-do list. And so they then just sit together and do nothing. And they just have a really cute day doing nothing together. What <laughs> that. That's so appropriate given our conversation before the podcast recording about my to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be my picture book gift to you. I love it. I'm trying to think of what my picture book gift would be to you. It would probably be a Gerald and Piggy because those are some of my most recent favorites. I don't know them. I didn't either before. I think it was... Eva started reading Gerald okay. and Piggy. Someone gave us a couple of the Gerald and Piggy books. Mm-hmm. Um, Gerald is an elephant. Piggy is a pig, as you might guess. And their best friends. Is Gerald, wait, is Gerald an elephant? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Gerald's an elephant. Sorry, it's been a long time. Again, I haven't picked up a <laughs> I picture know, book isn't in it years. Sad? Yeah. But yeah, I, I'll have to think about that one. But mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Just don't make it the giving tree. I hate that one so much. Oh, what do you not like about that one? Um, everything. Okay. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. In a word. Everything. That's right. right. So anyway, now that we've shared our our favorite and least favorite uh picture books let's talk about (laughs) politics (laughs) let's talk about something that's not divisive let's do it (laughs) so big question i think this is just the big question that's kind of rhetorical but you know should christians even be concerned with politics you know because i know that there are some people that think well there's you know god's kingdom and that's what we should be concerned with so should we even be concerned with politics at all should we you know render unto caesar what is caesar's and then hands off everything else or is it important that we try and you know use the gift and privilege of either voting or whatever it is however you could influence politics in your particular country or state or region um to influence the world around you in whatever way you can as a christian because you know the truth of god's word and want to share it with people in terms of you know uh, how, how does that work what is your what are your thoughts yeah because there is kind of a spectrum you can go so overboard so let me just kind of explain the two extremes that i see as not being mm-hmm. great one extreme is the extreme of God's already going to, God already knows who's going to be in power or, you know, the secular version of that is my opinion doesn't matter anyway. And so it becomes really, really, really fatalistic, right? Um, To be totally fair, like I, I lean toward that extreme sometimes because when it comes to voting, I have a lot of responsibility and I would hate to vote for somebody and have them make a decision that ended up hurting somebody or or things like that so I have a hard time part of me would love to throw my hands up and be like God you do what you're gonna do and let me know who to pray for (laughs) so that's one extreme which is kind of like overly fatalistic and yeah go ahead and totally see that because i i have the temptation also and i think some of Mm -hmm. that is just uh maybe it's our some of it is our lack of or not wanting conflict not Mm -hmm. wanting yeah Yeah. but i I can totally relate to some of that yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um some of it, I think even the fatalism can come from the more secular side. Like here in Alaska, we were doing like the kids and and Scott and I, we were all looking at the maps. Like, I don't think there is ever a feasible scenario where an Alaskan voter is going to influence a national election. You know, like if, if you're talking about, especially the presidential elections, just because of the way the votes are weighted and things like that. Um, So there's also a very, secular fatalism right my vote doesn't matter my opinion doesn't matter everybody's terrible and corrupt so i don't want to get my hands dirty by even trying to to influence it so that's one extreme i think the other extreme that i see some christians getting into is almost um the joke is kind of like god has a favorite football team <laughs> do you know what i mean and i oh, think yeah. we all I think we all recognize that that side is a little bit silly, like God doesn't favor one team over the other. But I think there's lots of Christians who do believe that God favors one political party over another. Um, And so it almost the lines between 
a spiritual victory and a political victory are completely blurred, right? So it's taken to be, oh, well, if this person wins, then God has won, right? It's almost as if the the feeling is like we are voting Jesus into office. Um, and, and what I like to counteract that, I really like in Joshua, and it's with Gideon, and the angel appears to, or no, it's to Joshua. The angel appears to Joshua and Joshua asks the angel, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And we need to remember like, this is Joshua, the leader of the Israelite army, which at that time, God's chosen people and a theocracy. And even then the angel's response was, I'm not here for you or them. Like I'm not on either of your side. I'm here on God's side. Like, um, let me pull up the the actual verse. So, so Joshua asked, are you for us or our enemies? Neither. He replied, but as commander of the Lord, as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And so there's this sense of even under a theocracy, God didn't have a, a mortal side. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that that's in, in some people, I know we're probably ruffling feathers of some listeners by saying this. I don't think God has a favorite political party. And I definitely don't think that if, uh, officer A wins over officer B, that that means that God has won or lost, right? Because we're told so specifically in many cases, the people who are in authority are in authority because God has chosen them. And that even means people who don't belong to the same political party that you do. Yeah, no. And I, I have, I have seen this on both sides. I've seen, I know people on both sides oh, yeah. point, mm-hmm. point fingers at the other side mm-hmm. and basically say, how can you call yourself a Christian if you yeah. don't support this or if you support mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and firmly believing that their political party is God's party, mm-hmm. the, you know, whatever that looks like. And um, so how can we know? I mean, so A, we know that, we pro well, did we answer the question? Should we be at least a little concerned about politics? I think Absolutely. probably the answer is yes. And yes. I think it's okay for some people. I think some people are called to be more politically active than others. Sure. And I, you know, kind of like when we talk about prayer burdens, there are some times that my husband gets a little bit frustrated with me because I don't pay as much attention to what's going on. Or the hot button things that are supposed to like meant to get me, you know, like all riled up, don't get me riled up. <laughs> and he's like, well, don't you care? And for me, it's a little bit of, I mean, there there is some fatalism. Like, even if I cared, what does my getting upset about this change? <laughs> so there's a, there's some of that. And, and I do believe that we have different prayer burdens and some people are called to be more watchdoggy. I'm I'm very glad that there are kind of the political watchdogs out there. That's just mm-hmm. not a role that would suit me and my temperament very well. I agree. And I love that you brought that up because in every area of life as Christians, like there are many members of the body and that yes. means that we have all different gifts. We have all different passions. And we always say, mm-hmm. you know, pay attention to the things that stir you up. Mm-hmm. And don't feel guilty necessarily about the things that don't stir you exactly. up because there is something that stirs you up. I know there is mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you'll find it and it probably doesn't stir up that person that's stirred up by that other thing. So right. 
we need yeah. all of them. You know, we can't we all do. pray for everything and exactly. we can't all. Yeah. So Christians should be concerned in some ways for politics. It can be taken too far. Yeah. And it can be taken not seriously enough where people just are like, whatever, you know, uh, mm -hmm. let God do whatever we don't, it doesn't matter because it does matter. Yeah. Um, how do we know if we're in danger of making a candidate or a political party or an issue an idol? Because I know it's possible. Mm -hmm. So is there, yeah. there's that danger with meshing politics with our faith so much that we elevate that person or that party or that issue as a kind of make or break your faith issue. Mm -hmm. how, how can we know that? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I love about our country is we're allowed to question and we're allowed to complain. <laughs> you know, as Christians, I think that there's a line. I, I think that we still need to honor and respect even politicians that we disagree with. But we get to question. We get to voice. I think this is a bad decision. I think this person is doing a bad job. We get to say that. And I think that one litmus test for if you have made your person an idol is if you can't even handle hearing somebody else, especially respectfully criticize, right? If you say, yeah, well, I like this thing and this thing about this guy, but I really didn't agree with him doing this thing. And if that gets you riled up to the point where you're ready to like cut ties with an individual just for saying that, mm -hmm. to me, that's, that's taken to an extreme. We should all be willing to entertain criticism, especially thoughtful criticism, which I will admit it's harder to find these days, but if you can't take somebody thoughtfully saying, I did not like this one thing that this person said or did, and if you automatically are willing to just write that person off for their opinions, to me, that's, that's too extreme. Like this person you're defending doesn't know you. They don't, they don't care about your opinion of them. They don't need, like, if they're all that great, they don't need you to defend them. And so if you're to where you're cutting ties with somebody because of respectful disagreement, then it's probably gone too far. I think that, yeah, maybe you can cut ties with somebody who's really, really, really extreme. Like we've had people um, come to us and be like, until you denounce this this person in office, then you are complicit in what they do. And we're like, we're not going to denounce, you know, like an entire person. Like, so it's almost like until you go onto Facebook and say, I am, you know, I hate this person as much as my my uncle hates this person, that my uncle's going to disown me. Okay, that's that's also too extreme. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to Faithful Counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy, and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. 
but I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. Well, and then there's this idea of a political party becoming an idol and just being like almost associating the party with Christianity and having mm -hmm. there be no room for separation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that definitely could happen. Um, and I think um, a similar thing can happen with issues where you have an issue and you're like, this equals Christianity. Mm -hmm. And I believe there are some issues that are probably rooted in there there are issues where there is biblical truth that mm -hmm. supports being on one side or the other of an issue i'm not gonna mm -hmm. i'm not going to dispute that mm -hmm. but i think even if you're on the quote right side of an issue biblically speaking um even if you've interpreted scripture perfectly and and you're on online with what god says i think if that issue clouds your ability to see other things if it becomes the priority at the expense of everything else like um okay a person is right if they if this one issue is on their platform mm -hmm. but you ignore everything else exactly is that really looking at the big picture and has that one issue and granted like you said some people are very passionate about very specific issues and I'm not saying that it would be wrong for you to say, oh, this candidate is on this issue that's on my heart. I want to vote this person in because mm -hmm. they're the only mm -hmm. one speaking out against right. this or they're the only one supporting this or denouncing this. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not going to I think that's the beauty of our vote and our ability to do that. But I'm thinking in interacting with other people and having conversations with other believers, I've been guilty of this. I know many of us have where you have this one issue that just kind of rises to the top and it becomes kind of like the one thing. Oh, well that mm -hmm. I'll check that box. And yeah, I think when that happens, we lose sight of the fact that there are all sorts. It's like the idea of picking out the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a big lock mm -hmm. in your own eye. So where are the things that you're not seeing? You know, maybe someone else is passionate about another issue right? that might be different and you're not even willing to entertain talking to them because they disagree mm -hmm. with you about your one thing that yeah. you're passionate about. So I think that kind of goes from the realm of praying in politics to um, getting along with people in the body of Christ or even mm -hmm. outside of the body of Christ, being a light of love and hope i think sometimes mm -hmm. when we make these issues or these people or parties idols it builds a wall between us and the ability to love other people and to show the love of jesus and the bible very clearly says you can prophesy in my name you can do miracles you can mm -hmm. cast out demons but if you don't have love yeah. it's like a clanging symbol or a resounding gong so yeah. i think the same is true with our politics if it becomes so important that it makes us hostile in a way where we cannot ever meet people at any place for a conversation mm -hmm. where we can't show mm -hmm. love to people that believe differently. 
um, I think that is when, when the love is gone out of your yeah. heart, I think maybe we have to check. And like I say, I'm preaching to the choir. Things like this have happened to me in my own life. Mm -hmm. So I have to check myself for sure. But I, I know that a lot of us, especially in recent years where there's been so much division about all different yeah. kinds of issues, the emotions can run high and we just have to check, okay, where's love? Is that front and center? And if it's not, what is that brick wall? What's what's the issue or the person or the party or the name on that brick wall that's separating me from loving others well? And maybe that needs yeah. to be looked at closely. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you go through history, there is no righteous party. There are parties that align with probably what we would call righteous on issue by issue, but there is not a party or a candidate or a political leader who is like a hundred percent righteous. And I think that that's really important to keep in mind, especially when we're talking about not making somebody an idol, right? Mm -hmm. If, if you say, well, I loved this president because he did this, 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 and this, and then someone else comes and says, yeah, but he was also complicit in this thing that really is horrible. If you can't accept that, <laughs> you know, like if it's a hundred, like he's a hundred percent a saint or he's a hundred percent the devil himself, like we all fall somewhere in between there. And I think it's a lot mm -hmm. smarter to, to look issue by issue. There are certain, and to remember, um, is it Galatians, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, mm -hmm. right? If I'm voting for this reason, it is for the glory of God. If I am voting for this reason, it is for the glory of God. Um, we try to avoid real hot buttony issues <laughs> on the podcast, but I'll go ahead and say I am against abortion and I am for protecting the environment. And I think that biblical arguments can be made for both a hundred percent. We are called to be stewards of this earth and we are called to protect the vulnerable and we're called to protect the orphans and the widows, which means not just being against abortion, it means offering supports to moms who don't have the means to to safely bring a child into the world. So for me, it's like, you know, you take each issue and in some I'm left and in some I'm right. And in some and a lot, I'm right in the center. And I think that we need to be able to look issue by issue instead of just saying, well, the person I voted for says that this doesn't matter or the party that I vote for um, doesn't, doesn't agree with this, right? I think that we can become more thoughtful when we take it less about, well, here's what this party thinks and here's what my party thinks and more about, okay, let's, let's take this specific issue. Let's strip it from any party affiliation. And let's say if I was only voting based on this one issue, what, what would my vote? And if I was trying to abide by whatever you do, do it for the glory of God, what would I vote for? And then what happens is, yeah, there's going to be a candidate who you like their stance on this, that, and the other thing, but you dislike their stance on these issues over here. And then it just becomes, what do you do? I hate the, like the only answer that seems to go around is like, well, then just vote for the lesser of two evils. I, I dislike that, Yeah, but it's hard to know. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to know, but I think that we can definitely be more thoughtful, right? Take it issue by issue and not just, oh, here's what my party says. 
And we can also be, um, most of us could stand to be more loving. Can you hear arguments from the other side and at the very least say, I get where you're coming from? Or do you set it off immediately? Oh, what a what a stupid, <laughs> evil person. Do you vilify the other side, right? Um, can, you know, I've heard Christians say, I I can't. And I think you, you said something like this too. I can't even imagine how a Christian could vote for for this or or that. Like, and and we do kind of vilify it because it's easier to have our are black and white. It's easier to say this is a hundred percent righteous and this is a hundred percent evil when most of it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I totally agree. And I just, I feel like, um, you know, a good starting point in praying for politics is always searching your heart. And I think that's true for just about anything we pray about, whether it's praying for a relationship or an issue. If, if it's, I, I think just praying for God to call out anything in us that is keeping us from seeing clearly to pray mm -hmm. well. And, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, a lot of those things can be these, these idols. A lot of these things can be, um, I don't know, bitterness or resentment toward other people. So maybe just to pray for that love for others, no matter what, mm -hmm. and to pray for God to soften our hearts and to give us wisdom and to search us and help to draw out anything offensive, anything, that's preventing us from seeing clearly. Um, and then I think praying for unity in the body of Christ. And I think, you know, I always think of the word harmony in terms of the body of Christ. And I think of it musically because harmony, you can't have harmony when you're playing the same notes. Mm -hmm. you, you have to have mm -hmm. multiple notes to make a harmony, which is a melody is just, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Right in one, you know, one, one set of notes, mm -hmm. but the harmony mm -hmm. is going to be different and it's going to complement and enrich and yeah. beautify a melody in a yeah. way that it wouldn't have by itself. And so I think harmony in the body of Christ doesn't necessarily mean that we all have to vote for the same people or that we all have to be on mm -hmm. the, on board with the same issues. Yeah. And somebody, some people may disagree with that. And that's okay too, but because we need those people also like right. Jamie, you exactly. and I joke, if you and I were running the world, we would just be like, Oh, right. right? <laughs> because we, we don't take heavy handed opinions on a lot of things because yeah. we can see both sides. We try to keep peace. The world needs both. And the church needs both. Yeah. The church needs people like us who are able to remain level-headed, see merit from both sides of an argument. The church also needs people who are going to stand up and be like, no, we're, you know, like <laughs> you and I would be, um, I think we'd be prone to compromise in the name yes. of keeping the peace. And we Absolutely. need people who aren't scared of conflict to stand up strong and say no, right. Or, or to stand up. So I, I would love to see more appreciation from all sides, yeah. people who are heavily opinionated, appreciating the people who are trying to be more um, maybe centrist or who are trying to be more peacekeepy and the people like you and me who are more peacekeepy to still recognize that there is a, there is a time to draw a line in the sand and be like, we're not going to compromise on this issue. White mm -hmm. is white and black is black. And I think that there also needs to be like, I think that if you cannot fathom a Christian voting in a way that's opposite the way you vote, I do think that it would be useful 
to find thoughtful Christians who do believe differently than you and see if you can, at the very least, understand where they're coming from, right? We had a talk with our kids about the purpose of debate and the purpose of debate isn't to change somebody's mind. Mm -hmm. It's just to practice articulating your thoughts and to really hear the other side better. So if you can't even figure like, how could a Christian vote for somebody who's um, who's pro-choice? If you can't articulate at the very least the arguments that a, a Bible-believing Christian would have, I would say go and go and do some research. So that at the very least, it's not so that you're going to change your mind, right? But it's so that you can at least say, oh, I see it from, from that side now. I at least see where you're coming from. And, and then we can have more thoughtful discourse and more love for each other. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think one part of that self-reflection is know yourself. If you've never checked in with yourself on politics, on the mm -hmm. kind of person you are, are you more like Alana and me, where you're mm -hmm. more likely to want to keep the peace and be open-minded and kind of, you know, not be universally accepting for sure, but at the same time, mm -hmm. um, you know, that peace is more important maybe than taking a stand or being mm -hmm. um, convicted on certain things. Mm -hmm. Or are you someone that is more black and white, heavy-handed, this is right, mm -hmm. this is wrong, I'm for this. Once you know that about yourself, then you can ask God to help soften those rough edges. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. maybe or make build your... up the corners a little more <laughs> exactly. rigidly. Exactly. Smooth. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're, exactly. maybe you're too smooth. So just asking God to really give you wisdom and to give mm -hmm. you conviction and passion if you're feeling like maybe you're lacking that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, on the other hand, give you more love and compassion. So... Um, yeah, I think knowing yourself is a bit good baseline for some reflection on, you know, on politics. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead. I was in a Sunday school class where the pastor picked, um, it was a theologically controversial issue, at least in some people's minds. Um, I, I won't tell you my stance or our church's stance, but I'll tell you the issue. And that was, you know, should babies be baptized? Mm -hmm. And he divided the class into halves and assigned each side to argue for or against. Like we didn't get to pick which side we got to be on. And for the people who were arguing the side that went against what they would have initially said, you know, yes mm -hmm. or no to this issue. It was a very, very useful practice oh, because yeah. wow. it was, okay, we need to come up with arguments. This isn't what I believe, but I at least need to know the arguments of what people are saying. And I think that that's, that can be really, really useful. I think that's great. And, um, my oldest was in a class where they were doing some debates on different issues. Mm -hmm. And I think he enjoyed the most the debates on things that were against his mm -hmm. opinion, because mm -hmm. it does stretch your mind and it does help you to kind of um, literally put yourself in the place of the other person. Yes. And, and there there's empathy to be had there. I, I remember mm -hmm. in a parenting book, it talked about if you have two kids that are arguing, have them role play the argument as the opposite kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, cre it creates empathy. 
and mm-hmm. and so I mean it could also get a little bit I was going to say that's how I can see uh-huh. <laughs> yeah but still it can create empathy to put yourself literally in the position of that other person um mm-hmm. so what we're kind of coming up to the end of our conversation time wise because we're going to have to sign off I'm thinking we have a whole other section on very practical like prayer like how to pray we kind of did some theory Mm -hmm. we did some like preliminary reflection on how to set ourselves up to yeah better but maybe make it a a two-part too yeah i would love that under some of these you know how do we pray um for you know should we pray for god to remove certain leaders from office what if your politics are destroying your marriage or other relationships how do we pray for that these are things we need to talk about so let's absolutely on some more yeah no that's great and i love that about when we get to come together, I love doing the theory and bring it into the practical. So that sounds perfect. Great. So we will sign off on our chat of part one. For those of you who have not heard, Jamie and I are writing a book together and we have um, at least one chapter up now. And I think we'll probably be releasing um, more soon. Mm-hmm. So you can read that when you join our Patreon community that also helps support what we're doing here. And you can request every month, you can request one of my Christian fiction novels as well as a thank you for supporting the show that way. That is prayingchristianwomen.com slash support. Am I correct? Uh, prayingchristianwomen.com slash partner. There you I go. always forget which one it is. We probably should just make them both point there since I 50% of the time I say the wrong one. I'll do that. <laughs> right. Well, let's end now with our blessing and benediction. May the truth of God's word fill your heart today and set you free. May you rejoice in his word as one rejoices in great riches. May his word be sweeter than honey to you this day. May it dwell in you richly, accomplishing every purpose for which he sent it. May the light of God's truth banish all the dark thoughts and lies of the enemy made to, meant to make you stumble. May your feet be planted firmly on the solid foundation of God's truth so your foundation will never crumble. And our benediction is from Romans chapter 11, verses 33 and 36. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For him, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show. And we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to him and change the world one prayer at a time.